0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes' Tim Stenovic. On Bloomberg Radio. If you happen to work at the private equity firm Carlisle Group, you are getting an extra week off next week. That's on top of a $750 well being stipend. So, for more on that and how the company is thinking about the wellness of its employees, let's find out from Bruce Larson. He is Chief Human Resources Officer over at Carlisle Group. He's on the phone with us on this Tuesday. Hey, Bruce, nice to have you here. How are you?
1: Hi, Carol. Great. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's great to have you here. First of all, I want to get into what you guys are doing, your world. Tell us how things have progressed over the past year and a half as you've dealt with the pandemic, you know, getting through it, starting to reopening. kind of where where are you right now in terms of your individual firm?
1: so we're um, we're doing a great job of um, managing through things. Our firm has been having record level performances. Our people are, working incredibly hard and are completely engaged. Um, but like everybody who's been going through this, it's been a journey. We've had um, challenges and things that have come up that we've tried to deal with, and some of those are around uh, our new well-being strategy that we have implemented a number of months ago. Um, but we're uh, we're hanging in there.
0: Well, talk to us about this well-being strategy, because it's really been very interesting, at least for me as a journalist uh, and for many others, to see how companies have opened up in terms of thinking about their employees different Like, how, how is that relationship between Carlisle, the employer, change with Carlisle and its employees?
1: Sure. So, look, I think a lot of this started um, a little bit before the pandemic, where, um, you know, with new leadership at Carlisle and our new CEO, Q Song Lee, mm-hmm. trying to focus on how do we enhance um, an already very strong culture in the firm? Um, and really make our, our human capital strategies in line with all of our other strategies to deliver the right kind of commercial results. And so we were beginning to talk about a number of things. And then, of course, in March of last year, the world began to change, and we all went out on uh, on a lockdown for what everybody thought would be two weeks, and life would get back to normal. Right. Um, but of course, that didn't happen. Um, And so we began navigating our way through that. And one of the key pillars of our human capital strategy that we wanted to put in place before this all happened was sort of a very clear and transparent communication from leadership about what was going on in the world. And the pandemic kind of gave us no choice but to really accelerate that. And so we spent a lot of time just very openly and candidly and honestly communicating with our people about what was going on, even at times when we didn't really know what was going on, so that they knew management was watching things and being concerned about things. And as the, pr- the pandemic progressed, um, we all individually got a sense for the increased stress levels that were going on um, because of your inability to separate from work and just <clears throat> no stop button. And it felt like people were living at work more than they were working from home. And so we started to focus on uh, a bunch of things around um, focusing on the well-being of our people because we have a strong belief that if our people are feeling better about themselves, both physically, mentally, emotionally, they'll be able to perform better as individuals and their teams will function better. And ultimately, that will deliver better commercial results for the firm. And so we started to put together kind of a, a brief well-being approach, which has evolved into a much more formal strategy. Um, where we're trying to cover essentially the the five pillars of well-being as, as we see them, which are physical, emotional, social, environmental, and financial. Yeah. And our initial thrust has really been on the physical and emotional uh, well-being of our people. And so we started kind of small by having, um, you know, very early on in the pandemic, uh, Zoom yoga classes and meditation classes and some some things to just give people a break and started to do some other things. And then we thought we've got to get more serious about this because this is, this is going to be part of our world going forward and it's just smart business on our part. And so we established a well-being advisory committee across the firm that consists of employees from all different levels uh, across all of our businesses and all geographies to help advise us on the kinds of things that we think would be most impactful for our people. And one of those was, you know, this inability to separate and have any kind of disconnection from work. Right. And so we started, we started last year by giving people a day off before the 4th of July and before Labor Day and before other holidays, just to extend the break a little bit where everybody was off at the same time because it seemed to us like that was the only time you could really disconnect is if everybody was, was off. And we got right. such positive feedback. From that that evolved um, into us discussing as a leadership team earlier this year, you know, we should just close the place down for a week uh, globally and give everybody a week off where they can really disconnect. And we discussed amongst our lead- leaders globally about the right time to do that and when made the most sense. And we ended up um, with uh, next week uh, in August mm-hmm. being uh, the right week to do that.
0: I want to get back to Bruce Larson, Chief Human Resources Officer over at Carlisle Group, uh, still with us on the phone. Next week, their workers are getting an extra week off next week. They've also provided a $750 well-being stipend for uh, Carlisle workers. And Bruce, you know, one of the things I was thinking about is, and I think I do wonder how much of this stays with us in terms of permanent, you know, planning for our workers at companies. Um, and I do wonder if there's a you know, commercial aspect to why you're doing it, that it, that it works, that it makes workers feel better, that it ultimately makes them feel more productive. What kind of research or science did you guys maybe tap into before setting your sights on some of these programs?
1: Sure. Um, Look, we've, we've looked at a bunch of different studies that indicate that if people are physically and emotionally healthier um, and well, better off, they are engaged more in their life generally. Uh, that's not, not just in work, but in their personal lives. And if your people are more energized and have the ability to focus and are feeling better about themselves, they're going to perform better. And when you've got a collection of better performing individuals, you're going to have better performing teams. Um, one of the measures that we look at to see how people are feeling about some of our efforts is in our recent employee engagement survey that closed in March of this year, and 92% of our people said that they were proud to work at Carlisle and would recommend it to a friend. And that, to me, says a lot about how they feel about their job. And when they're feeling great about their job, you know, this is a competitive, intense business. There are going to be moments where they've really got to push themselves, and they're going to be more willing to do that if they're feeling good about um, how the company is thinking about them as a person, not just a cog in a wheel that's that's trying to crank out commerce.
0: But what's changed in terms of the conversations that you think are 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 happening between senior management because I think it's safe to say that there are probably been studies out there for years about, People saying that if people have time off and breaks and really, you know, get away from their work, that they ultimately come back and they are more productive, that it isn't just about more hours worked, right? It's better hours work or smarter hours work. So what's happened in terms of the conversations that we're having among senior management that people are saying, well, wait a minute, (laughs) the pandemic really opened our eyes to something and we got to do, we got to do things differently.
1: Well, look, I think historically human capital departments and HR functions have been trying to have those conversations, but a lot of times people didn't take it all that seriously. I think one of the things the pandemic has done is made senior leaders of organizations realize, um, because they're experiencing the same things in, in a very similar way that their employees are, that this is real. And this will make us better, and our people will perform better, we'll have lower turnover, and people will be generally happier if we focus on these things. And so part of it, I think, has really just been how the pandemic has thrown everybody into the same boat. And senior leaders, at least at Carlisle, have chosen to respond uh, to that by engaging in the conversation very practically. A lot of these things we d- we're doing aren't my ideas. Some of them have come from our CFOs. Some have come from mm-hmm. the CEO. It's literally a, a contribution from a lot of senior folks.
0: Well, I love that you took me there because I was thinking, and I've had a lot of discussions about like after the financial crisis, the CFO was no longer just on the earnings call and you know making sure all the statements went out. They became so crucial in helping companies get through that crisis. And I do feel like human resources officers, chief human resources officers like yourself now have a much more senior spot within the C-suite. Is that fair to say?
1: Well, it's certainly fair to say at Carlisle, and I think it's true across industry generally. Um, you know, I'm part of a, a small group of people who I think are are in the executive suite, advising on a whole host of issues. And our CEO and our CFO and our COO, et cetera, take people issues so seriously they want me at the table, and I'm there for all the meaningful discussions. When we came up with the stipend, the $750 stipend, mm-hmm. it was our CFO who actually gave us some of the best input, which was let's just make this simple. Let's not make people submit receipts and have something approved. Let's just give it to them and let them decide the best way to spend that $750 for their own personal well-being. And that kind of input historically would have been, you know, miles and miles of conversations and meetings to get that kind of approval.
0: Hey, just got about 30 seconds. What do you hope that employees do next week or spend their money on the stipend? What do you hope they do? And just quickly, if you could...
1: It's really just whatever's going to make them feel better. It's yeah. been fun at Carlisle leading up to this. Literally at the end of every meeting, somebody says, hey, Carol, what are you going to do next week? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the conversations about what people are doing and the way they're spending are vast as people's individual well-being is. And yeah. I just hope people get a get a good rest and a good break from it all.
0: Well, great to check in with you and hear what you guys are doing. Uh, I find it that the human resource space has really evolved a lot uh, across the world over the last year and a half. Bruce Larson, thank you, thank you. Uh, Chief Human Resources Officer at Carlyle Group joining us uh, on the phone here.